Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Good morning to you, Alan. And you could certainly hear the emotion uh, in those interviews. So well done to all the lads on the Wexford team. It just shows how, how wonderful a game of hurling is, as, as Billy Burns said, how important hurling is uh, to the county of Wexford. Uh, and you know, inspiring to a lot of younger players who uh, will look to you know, people like Lee Chin uh, to inspire them to take part in the game. Yeah, and I have a lot of comments coming in and I will get back to them, I assure you. They're coming in on text, they're coming in on reception about a wide range of issues. So uh, I'm just going to park them for the moment to have a chat with you, Malcolm, about a, 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 a number of issues. But before I do that, and again, keep them coming in, 53 914 text or WhatsApp us on 87 3737956. We're starting the show today with the hurling. We're going to round off the show as well because we'll be speaking to match analyst Billy Byrne in the latter part of the show today uh, to, to look back on it and really to look forward as well because we need to build. But I just want to mention one individual because you and I were speaking about him off air. If ever there's proof that in the face of the greatest hardship that you never give up or you never give in, it's Lee Moog McGovern. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked to Lee Chin there, phenomenal. Dee O'Keefe, phenomenal. Right, Kevin Foley, phenomenal. You could go through the whole team. But I think a special mention for Lee Moog McGovern because I know this young man not once but twice he suffered the dreaded cruciate ligament injury yesterday my goodness his two goals but at one stage where I was sitting he was back in the half back line picking up the ball I mean the boys who Wexford galvanised yesterday but you know young um, I, I, you I, want to pay him a tribute yeah, I, 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 I think it is and it, it is that you know sense of resilience that uh in sport, like in so many other aspects of life, you get those knocks, those things that you don't expect uh, are going to come your way. And and Lee Moog has has faced that uh, with courage. Um, you know, he's a he's a very talented and uh, and capable young man. But I think you know people know from his performance yesterday, it was super. And if the message is there, you know get back up and get back out and fight. Yeah, so if anyone has suffered an injury in any form of sport, or even in life, because I, I, I stood beside him, it was up during David Fitzgerald's time, I was actually with him, and he was uh, he was a bit crestfallen at the time, but he said, look, Alan, I'm, I'm going to get back and do it. And he got back, and then he did it again, and yesterday he came back up. So really, if there's one positive message on this Monday morning is the spirit of Lee Moog, you know. It is, and look, the the sun is shining out there, uh, and we've we've a lot to be positive about um, in this county, and uh, not just sport, but the good weather as well. I have a St. Anne's woman on production here with me today, Siobhan, and she's in there cheering on as well. Malcolm, let's cut to the chase. Let's look at what's happening. Um, we will hear from Fine Gael Deputy Paul Kyo in the second hour of the show to do with uh, modular homes, and he also will be talking to me later on this week about this HSE capital plan. But straight away, you'd like to look at it, and you'd also like to localise it as well. What's in it? So the the HSE Health Capital Plan. This is where uh, the government and the HSE sets out very clearly in black and white. Uh, where the funding money is going for infrastructure in the health service. In other words, what are the buildings that are going to happen? Uh, so if there's ever a doubt as to, you know, when you when you hear it being raised around hospitals with different things happening, you go to this health plan. Uh, this has been launched by Minister Stephen Donnelly today. And I think if, if it's to do anything to crush any rumours uh, around, you know, things not happening at Wexford General, um, this health capital plan is very clear. It lays out... Uh, that the new 96 beds uh, medical ward block will be proceeding. Within the plan, uh, it even indicates that the HSE are exploring opportunities to accelerate yeah. uh, the provision of bed capacity. And we know about the issues there around planning 
um, I would have facilitated a meeting between hospital management uh, and Minister yep. Donnelly. There is a determination if we can get this done as quickly as possible. Um, can I can I stop you, Malcolm? Uh, when I hear the words as quickly as possible, I suppose in the latter stages of my broadcasting career, I've, 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 I'm tired now of pussyfooting around. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if you've noticed in recent weeks, I'm just asking straight, direct questions, and I think that's the way I'm yeah. going to be from here on in, because people expect me to... I cannot get the HSE to commit to the hospital manager coming on to discuss what's happening in the hospital. We're hearing of people um, uh, who are going down to Waterford. We're hearing of tragic incidents happening. Uh, and if, when I hear the words as quickly as possible, it really brasses me off because quickly as possible, it's the 12th and never. Yeah. So when, when, when is our A&E okay. going to open? Can you shed any light on it? So, so from the most recent discussions that... Sorry, I should say Ireland East. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ireland East. Um, but, but from the re- most recent discussions I've had with the hospital, I mean, they, they want to see you know, what was there prior to the fire back up and running by September or October of this year. One of the difficulties that they have, and, and you know, there was extensive fire damage, but there was a lot of water damage uh, caused to the hospital as well. The construction crews are up there; they're working uh, on the project. Like, and I would love to be able to say to you, you know, the fourteenth of September, all facilities will be back. I'm hearing July off the record. If it's July, it's going to be heartening to people because I'm also here in September, and the invitation is to Linda. I have to say, I have the height of respect for mm. Dr. Youssef and Linda Leary and these people, but continually have been asking for a definitive date that they come in and talk to me and they haven't come back and I mean it's not me I, I just want to get the message yeah. out to the people of Wexford what's happening uh, I, I understand and I, I you know to Linda O'Leary and her team given the scale of the incidents that happened uh, you know within a six month period to yeah. have the hospital back up and running will be a major achievement now look of course Alan everybody would love to be able to say to you what are you hearing about the ANA so, so what, I, what I've been told and on the basis of the, the meetings that we would have had as the Rockless members uh, and from talking to people in the HC that, that it's still the plan that for September October that we will see the hospital back functioning as it was uh, prior to the fire. And, and as you've, you've probably seen, uh, on a regular basis, you know, there are other elements of the hospital, as it is safe to do so, reopening. I, I, I totally get how difficult a position it is. Pressure has now, you know, been brought to bear on Watford and indeed on other hospitals because yeah. people from Wexford have to be transferred there. But in fairness to hospital management, they can't reopen parts of the yeah. hospital. But it has to be a priority, doesn't it matter? It, but it we spoke to David Cullinan last week and he outlined from a Waterford perspective the pressures on their... Ho- We're hearing about people the, spending three, four, five hours in ambulances outside University Hospital in Waterford. So sometimes in, in, in very serious illness. That can't be right. It, it can't, but on, look, nobody wanted the fire to um, happen in March. Of right? course. Yeah. And, and it, it means like anything else there had to be an, an emergency response. So there's, there's, if you like, there's, there's the short term, which is getting the hospital as it is now back up and running. Yeah. And there is then, you know, the expansion and extensions of the hospital. We know, for instance, around that the MRI facility is now finally going, going ahead. Uh, and I think very clearly within, you know, this plan, and if you even read the language in the plan, I'll, I'll just read one sentence, Please which do, sort yeah. of s- sets out where Minister Stephen Donnelly viewed the the 96-bed unit. He said that work is being undertaken in 2023 to explore opportunities to provide and accelerate the provision of additional acute inpatient hospital accommodation in line with ministerial priorities, including in Wexford, Drogheda and Limerick. And Wexford is the first hospital that is named. So clearly within that plan, and I'd urge anyone to, you you know, don't take my word for it, read the plan that's there. It is committing 
once the repair work is done, that we then move toward the 96 bed a unit in Wexford. So, so and have you any idea, rather than 12 to never as quickly as possible, when is that going well, to be? Well, the first question, Alan, like anything else, is, is the money there for it? And what this plan sets out is it means the money is there, right? Mm. So that's, that's one step. There is obviously a planning process that has to be followed. Uh, the hope is, because of the urgency of, of some of this, that you know, we can expedite matters, but the planning process is a is a democratic process right. to allow people uh, to have an input. But it does also. I mean, I, I you want to go Alan, through the detail of it. I, I can talk to so yeah. Oh, when, go go when through what you see these, are the positives. So yeah. these are these are the things in in the HSC plan. Some of them that we know about and that they're happening. So we know, for instance, about the new ambulance station uh, that's planned in Gorey. There's the refurbishment of Gorey District Hospital. We know, for instance, about the new uh, ambulance base in New Ross, and um, that's being purchased. We're seeing in addition to the additional 96-bed unit, the upgrade of two theatres in Wexford General, plus Eli Hospital. That's hard thing. Tell me about the upgrade of the two theatres. So so, so two of the theatres, again, there's additional facility, there's additional improvements uh, going in. Like, this is capital work um, that's that's being done. There are also a number of energy-saving projects uh, being carried out in in the hospital. In Eli Hospital, there's a renovation of the the endoscopy service. So, uh, look, and for a long time, and and, and I know, you know, you regularly have listeners who are on here talking about problems that we've had with the health service but what we are seeing now is we're seeing real capital investment so there's money being put in for these buildings there's been major recruitment um, within uh, the health service yeah. so, so so because it's 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 not just good enough for us to get 96 extra beds in the hospital they have to be staffed uh, so we have seen you know in the last two years for instance right across the health service over 4,000 additional nursing posts um, being created so you know it's not all bad news um, health you know health is like a, a, a huge tanker it was never going to be turned around very quickly uh, but there are significant investments that that are being made okay. I'm, al- I'm also hoping by the way I think there are a number of issues around disability services uh, and older person services where we're trying to resolve it so for instance in Wexford a big issue is around what we call the section 39 yes. organizations the the voluntary uh, bodies um they're the pay terms and conditions of staff working in those uh, organisations are not the same as those in the Section 38s. Uh, that, I'm, I'm anticipating, will be resolved uh, in the budget for this year. Uh, I know that um, Minister Donnelly, along with Ministers Rabbit and Butler, have been looking at, at, at those issues. Hmm. So, uh, what, what I'm saying to, to you and to your listeners, Alan, and I, 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 I get the point, I would love to be able to say to you, okay. on the 1st of August, this will happen on the 1st of October. What I am saying is, it is happening Closer, it is coming closer. The yeah. fact that it's it's in black and white in a plan okay, right. that says the money is committed uh, to doing this. We should be very proud of the wonderful staff we have throughout the health service. They need to have state of the art facilities. We're seeing that with, you know, the new ambulance station in Gorey and New Ross, and we're seeing it with mm. the investment that's happening uh, in Wexford General. We've we have we have challenges as a country because we're both growing in population and we're getting older, uh, and we have to. You know, have long-term right. plans in place for right, doing look, that. Uh, we focused in mainly on this plan this morning, but before we conclude our chat, can you give me an update on school transport as well as something that you've been watching very closely? What's the situation here? Uh, so, uh, as you and I have chatted, I think nearly every year, Alan, around around the school transport issues. Uh, the the big change last year was that. Uh, there was a shift from about 5,500 school students who had tickets in County Wexford to over 7,000 students. 
some of the closing dates were brought forward a little bit uh, earlier now. I would certainly hope uh, you know, that all those who are looking to apply for school transport did apply on time. Uh, all of the necessary you know, work is being done. So yeah. my hope is that this year we don't have the same scale uh, of challenges we had as, around school transport as we've had in previous years. There will always be one or two cases uh, where we, we, we have to try to negotiate it. Um, but as part of the school transport review, there's been a massive expansion in the number of school transport places. I'd love to see a situation where it's expanded even further. Uh, that uh, and, and equally that we can make it safer for kids to walk and cycle to school. So what advice are you giving by way of school transport then? Well, well the, the, the advice I give is, you know, people will be aware Bus Air and publish particular times by which you have to apply, where you have to make payments and, and yeah. so on. And as you know, the, 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 the costs have been uh, significantly cut by government. Make sure you, you, you meet those, those deadlines. Which are when? Uh, are they now? So, so, so the, the deadline for first-time applicants has passed, you can still apply, but bear in mind you'll be at the end of the queue. Uh, and I can't think of this on my head on, but it's it's yeah. sometime in June uh, okay. that you know there are, there are other deadlines with regard to payments. All I'd say, and, and parents know this themselves, uh, make sure you adhere to to those deadlines. And if there are problems that will arise during the summer, because inevitably, because of certain routes, some yeah. some issues do. I'm quite happy to work again um, with some of the parents uh, who are impacted. You know, we have again seen a big expansion in the school transport service. Thank you for joining me in studio this morning. That was uh, Fianna Fáil Senator Malcolm Burr. Southeast Radio's morning mix: chat, news, and your views.